to this is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. What a crazy and busy month this has been, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for joining us here on Cruise Radio Rewind. Uh, so Carnival Mardi Gras has been delayed a couple of months. Also, Carnival Glory backed into Carnival Legend over in Cozumel on Friday morning. And Carnival Corporation had a pretty good earnings call, actually, on Friday morning at 10 o'clock. I sat in on that and uh, a lot of good takeaways from it. So here to break down all of these stories and weigh in on the earnings call is industry analyst Stuart Sheeran from CruiseGuy.com. Stuart, thank you for coming on this morning. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Busy, busy week. And we're going to start with the Friday morning news. We all woke up to the first piece of news that Carnival's upcoming LNG ship Mardi Gras was delayed. Give us some background on this. Well, uh, this is uh, Mardi Gras is going to be Carnival Cruise Line's first LNG ship, which is the liquefied natural gas. They now have two ships that have LNG. Uh, they're Aida brand, Aida Nova, which came out in uh, last year uh, or 2018, 19, has uh, the LNG. Um, the second ship, which was Casa Smeralda, which was delayed, kind of figured, you know, that if you know, they're both being, you know, she and Mardi Gras being built in the same place. I kind of thought, well, I'm not going to be surprised if Mardi Gras is delayed. And then, so sure enough, it was delayed, and they're pushing the the debut um, back to uh, November 14th instead of August 31st. That means that uh, there are going to be a total of eight sailings. So sailings uh, in Europe, the transatlantic, several New York sailings, and then I believe it was four, the first four sailings out of Port Canaveral were canceled. And uh, so then they turned around, they notified the passengers, and I thought they made a very generous offer uh, to these passengers because they were giving them um, a 25% future cruise credit, a full refund, and then assistance with any non-refundable airline and hotel reservations. I mean, the hotel reservations that anyone would have booked at this point, I mean, no one really would have paid for them. Air, air stuff probably, probably um, may not have been paid for at this point. And for the most part, I mean, at, at this point in the booking process, those passengers would have been under uh, just, you know, made deposits, which are, well, I think, $800 a person. So to get these kinds of, of, of discounts, a 25% future credit and a full refund, that's a, that's a heck of a deal. Well, I was looking at this, and like if you were to book one of those big Excel suites on the transatlantic, it was going to set you back around $12,000. Chances are these people didn't pay anything but a deposit yet, so they're basically getting 25% of that $12,000, the base fare, of course, back as a future cruise credit. Yeah, even if they didn't pay it, they're getting their $800 back and a future cruise credit. So this is a pretty sweet deal for these people who haven't made final payment yet. Exactly, which is more than likely going to be at least probably 99% of the people that were booked. So for all eight of the people on all eight of those sailings, uh, they're making, they're, they're making out well. Um, And uh, if they all, if, if you, if they book by February 18th and use the 25% future cruise credit, um, they're going to give them uh, another $100 shipboard credit on top of it. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're making out, and then, you know, their travel agents are getting their commissions protected. You know, everyone's making out on this one. And then at 8 o'clock local time in Cozumel, there was an accident with Carnival Glory. Set this one up for us. 
Well, so it was early morning uh, off the coast of Cozumel. We had several shifts, Royal Caribbean's Majesty of the Seas and Oasis of the Seas, which, God, that ship has had some uh, unfortunate incidents, you know, with that crane Mm -hmm. uh, falling on it um, and causing some damage in the rear. So those two ships were docked. Uh, Carnival Legend uh, at the pier next door was docked, and there was some really gusty winds um, at the time, and unfortunately, it, you know, Carnival Glory didn't look like it was under complete control, and uh, it drifted and hit Carnival Legend, which again has been docked and narrowly missed hitting Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas until the captain was able to get the ship under, you know, full control and uh, bring her into port. So, unfortunately, the the rear of Glory um, hit the front of legend and it did cause some damage to the back of glory on the the rear starboard side which uh, looked like it, it hit the, the dining room area um, on glory but uh, it didn't look like the bow on legend was too badly damaged and both ships were uh, seaworthy that uh, there was really no major damage and does not look like they're going to have to pull uh, glory out of uh, service for an extended period of time but it's just unfortunate well, in the way where that port is situated on Cozumel, it's right there to the west side of Cozumel, and it's almost like a wind tunnel right there anyways, because you're right there right. between the mainland and to the west side of Cozumel. And also, just from experience, uh, my dad was a river pilot, and he would dock these big thousand-foot tankers here in Jacksonville, and I've been on ships with him when he's had five tugboats and bow thrusters and stern thrusters on these big sea land ships. If wind catches the ship, you have no control. There's no amount of horsepower that will save you from the wind. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it was just, uh, I mean, watching the video, which uh, I'm sure you're going to have links to, it's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, there's people that had video uh, that were on, that there were passengers that were on, on the pier uh, that were able to watch this uh, unfold and, you could see the, the 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 stern and the bow thrusters of of glory uh, going at at full thrust, and there just wasn't much that uh, that 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 it could do not to hit legend. Initially, I believe there was a report of one passenger that was uh, slightly injured, and I guess there was a total of six passengers mm-hmm. that were uh, slightly injured just just from the the smacking, uh, you know, the collision of of, of the ships. But uh, you know, thankfully, look, it could have been a whole lot worse. At the end of the day, we're still safer on a cruise ship than on I-95. Exactly. Yeah. And then later on Friday morning was Carnival's year-end and Q4 earnings call. The stocks sure were good on Friday. How did the call go? It actually went uh, it went very well. And, you know, the, the analysts um, after the third quarter call, now, I mean, considering that, that Carnival is, is heavily positioned uh, in Europe, they have several European brands that are dependent on European passengers, and European passengers, uh, I mean, there are some, a lot of issues with uh, the economy in Europe and travel is in a downturn. They still were able to, to turn, you know, profits in each of the quarters. But even after the third quarter, the analysts were expecting, you know, stronger results. But, you know, Carnival had a lot of what they call headwinds. They had a lot of hiccups uh, during that quarter. Um, you know, they, they were not getting as, as high a price as they wanted. They weren't as heavily booked at, at higher prices. As, as they wanted because of their, you know, high leverage, um, in, you know, impact from your, Euro, you know, European-based passengers, um, fuel was going up, the dollar was stronger, and even even with all of those 
issues that they were facing. And, of course, they had Carnival Vista, uh, which had to go into a uh, unscheduled dry dock, so they lost, uh, you know, they lost revenue as a result of that, not in addition to having to buy passengers off um, and, and compensate them. Um, they still turned a profit, but whatever profit they were going to turn, despite all these issues, it was not going to be good enough. Um, now, moving into the fourth quarter earnings call, um, the analysts were, you know, pleasantly surprised. They had another very strong uh, fourth quarter, and uh, they were able to continue to post, um, you know, another, you know, uh, additional profits. And um, uh, the analysts were happy, and uh, there's, the stock actually uh, increased um, at the beginning. I guess it was, what, 7.5% uh, on Friday morning's trading. And uh, it also helped uh, the other uh, two uh, publicly traded companies, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings and Royal Caribbean Cruises Limited. It was a, it was a good day for the industry, but, of course, Carnival, was all, Carnival Corporation was heavily leveraged with Cuba and, you know, because of the, uh, you know, the industry's inability to continue uh, visiting Cuba, Carnival Corporation's brands, Seaborne Carnival, uh, Holland America, for example, um, were not allowed to, you know, continue or visit at all. And those sailings that were at much higher prices um, than where they were uh, had they um, been able to go, uh, they, they essentially, uh, you know, they lost a lot of, um, pot, you know, strong revenue as a result of that. And then they had to turn around, uh, reposition several of these ships, provide uh, significant refunds to passengers. And despite that, they were still able to turn a nice profit. And uh, it, was, it was actually a good day. Stuart, do you think that they waited until after Q4 was over to announce that Mardi Gras was going to be delayed? Was that like strategy, you think, to do it? So no, I mean, I, I believe Q1? the shipyard told them and so they could um, properly report this. Um, they, they, they did so when, when they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't wait till after because it would have had, you know, some kind of an impact to to their earnings. Thought it was very responsible of them to announce it uh, prior to the earnings call and mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and account for it uh, in the fourth quarter. So I, I thought it was definitely a, a smart move uh, for them to do that when when they found out. But you know, when you know th- this is a brand new class of ship, and Meyer Turku is. Is the same shipyard that uh, Oasis, Allure, and uh, Harmony were built. Meyer Werft in Germany built Aida Nova. I mean, do you think in the future Carnival will send their ships over there now instead of in Finland? This was a, this is a different country, and uh, so it's Finland, not Germany, and so everything is is completely different. And uh, you're talking about a brand new class of ships. These ships are actually larger than uh, Aida Nova. It's a brand new, you know, it's a, with a new technology, a new class of ship. Uh, it's understandable that uh, you know, there, there could be some construction delays, could be materials uh, that, uh, that, that cause some issues. But, um, you know, the one in, in, in uh, the Meyerwerft um, uh, shipyard in Poppenberg, Germany, I mean, it's, it's a very well-oiled machine. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible how they construct ships there. Turku is, is a new operation for them uh, that they purchased. And they were and, building uh, a prototype, though. So was did Oasis have this back whenever it was released, or did it get... Um, did it, get... it was on time. Okay. But, uh, again, we're, we're dealing with new technologies, new, new engines yeah. um, that, that are being utilized uh, for this, uh, this, this fuel, the uh, liquid uh, natural gas. So... It's, it's understandable that uh, there might be some 
some hiccups, and uh, Aida Nova was, or, or Costa Smeralda was delayed, but uh, it wasn't delayed until the last minute. I mean, at least here, uh, they're, 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 they're advising that there's going to be a delay and, and give people plenty of time to make changes. Are the cruise lines at the shipyard's mercy in these situations? Like, we're going to have it built when we say it's going to be built? Well, there's, there's certainly some penalties, um, you know, if you're not able to meet a deadline. And uh, what those penalties are are listed in, in, in the contracts and how they, they will enforce it you know, is up to the two companies. And I'm sure that there's, there, there may be some insurance uh, provisions in there to help mitigate losses as a result of the ship being delayed. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least, at least you know, we're, we're dealing with, uh, what, eight months, nine months notice that uh, people have you know, plenty of opportunity to make adjustments. And uh, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be great when the ship finally does come um, in November of 2020. Arnold Donald, which is the president and CEO of Carnival Corporation, uh, he also mentioned that capacity is filling up for 2020. How is this going to impact wave season? Because generally, we see these good cruise deals from January to March. Well, and I would tell you, Doug, the last true wave season, mm-hmm. the last real one that we we had was uh, back in January of 2001. Um, after uh, 9-11, the tra- you know, travel patterns for all, all segments of travel, especially cruise, changed forever. People are booking um, in, in various seasons for certain destinations. And um, it's not so much, so essentially it's not so much that there's deals. It, it was just a, it was a peak booking period. But really, Doug, what happens is by the end of March, 80%, 80 to 85% of all of the available cabins uh, for that calendar year will have been booked. That doesn't necessarily mean that it was booked January, February, and March. Um, a lot of the capacity, let's say for Europe or Alaska, the bulk of it could have been in August, September, of October of the year prior. But by the end of March, 80 to 85% of all of that calendar year's inventory will have been booked. So um, it's not a question of there's, there's deals. I mean, usually the prices are higher if you book in January, February, and March for many of those uh, sailings that could be happening um, for, for Europe and Alaska, for example, that in order to have gotten the, the, the cheaper prices, you will have had to have booked, let's say, prior to December. Mm-hmm. Uh, airfares will have gone up in, in January, but that, doesn't, that, that has never meant that there isn't plenty of cabin inventory on all ships and all destinations for people to take. They're just saying, hey, you know, we're, we've got 20% left by the end of March for that calendar year. Uh, after that, we're, you know, I mean, they're, they are, they're essentially booked, which is, which is very normal. And that's the way it's always been. So, Stuart, my question is, during wave season, we're going to see all these deals with cruise lines offering the drink package, Wi-Fi, dining, gratuities included. Is this something that we should really analyze to see if it's a really good deal, or is the cruise line including these perks and just jacking up the price? Well, that is a, a great question, and I did, you know, let's say with um, many of the interviews that I did around Thanksgiving, and, and, I, and my response to you is this, that the cruise lines will never let a good Hallmark moment get by without a so-called sale. <laughs> <laughs> the cruises um, around the world are selling better today and at higher prices. So when you see these 
free upgrades with added values of free Wi-Fi, gratuities, uh, kids cruise free, 30% off, which really is, is saying the same as buy one, uh, uh, you know, get one off, you know, get one at 60% off. Uh, free drink packages, but keep in mind, gratuities are not included. Um, the free specialty restaurants, gratuities are not included. Mm-hmm. Ship or credits. I'm just glad none of them have offered free health care and college tuition uh, in there. Really what you know, this is, it's, it's important for people to ascertain what the actual cruise price is worth, take out the gimmicks, and, and determine whether that's a good deal, and then determine what those value adds are. Because sometimes you could be um, risking a deposit unnecessarily, meaning you know, some of these bookings on certain cruise lines, the deposits, are non-refundable, and are you getting some? Are you getting anything for making a concession where the deposit is non-refundable? Meaning, are they giving you any kind of a, a big discount for that? And what you do is you compare it to a you know a, a rate that is that is refundable. So, if you wanted to cancel outside of the cancellation penalty period, what is your risk? And you may find that the prices sometimes are lower. Um, or, or sometimes they're very close, but if you buy the, the non-refundable deposits, then theoretically you need to go ahead and buy the insurance to protect your investment at that point. Speaking of investments, he also noted these cruise line funded projects like Freeport and the Half Moon Key projects. When we see these insular developments, is it more of a grab for cruise guests' money, or is it more about creating new experiences, or is it both? Doug, what, what's happening is you have, one, you have a lot of cruise ships, and you have more people going on cruises than ever before. Uh, I mean, just, just record numbers. I mean, they're, they're expecting, you know, what is it, over, you know, 32 million people mm-hmm. are expected to cruise in 2020. So what the cruise lines are doing, well, before, there were plenty of places for the cruise lines to go. Now the cruise lines are having to enhance other destinations or create their own. So we've seen more cruise lines building private islands. Uh, you had NCL with the uh, Harvest Key off of Belize. Uh, Carnival has done Amber Cove in the Dominican Republic. Uh, they did Grand Turk in the Turks and Caicos. Now their you know, Carnival Cruise Line is building a resort destination you know, on uh, the island of uh, Freeport, you know, which is similar to, you know, which is like Virgin uh, Voyages is building a, uh, a little uh, beach club on Bimini. And unfortunately, you know, you can't invent islands. So what the cruise lines are doing is they're creating their own experiences in places where they can go. So, you know, the other one in Half Moon Key, so as you know, that's, that's one of the nicest of the private islands that, that Carnival Corporation owns that is used by Holland America and uh, also uh, is used by uh, sometimes by Carnival Cruise Line. So um, it, they, they provide some really uh, unique and a very uh, valuable experiences that uh, they would not have gotten had they just you know pulled into just any other port. So they're working with countries to you know help them redevelop their port areas because some of the ports, especially in the Caribbean, are not as nice as they should be, or not as safe as they should be. So the cruise lines are now getting more involved in port development to enhance the experiences of the cruise passengers. When we were over in Great Stirrup Key a couple of weeks ago, and we saw that new development, Silver Cove, that NCL put over there, do you think Uh that is setting the stage for either NCL or one of their smaller luxury brands to do overnights there? 
The answer is I don't think so. They're not built for overnights, you know, and it also defeats the purpose of, of cruising. I mean, the whole thing was, you know, you could pull up on your on your cruise ship, which is your floating resort, visit places, and, and leave. Now, you could have longer stays, but, uh, you know, the, the thing is that, you know, some people have said, like, even with, with what Royal Caribbean's doing on, um, on Coco Key, or what they could be doing in some of the other islands, uh, like Labadee, um, but they, they can't, like, drop people off and then, uh, you know, have the, have the pastors get picked up by, you know, another ship another day because that would turn them into ferries and not, not cruise ships. Those are really nice villas, though, like more than you would need for eight hours on a private island. As you know, Doug, that you're never going to spend eight hours. You're going to get off the ship. You're going to go over there. It's going to take some time. You're going to go into the water. But, uh, I mean, you know, they're, you know, when you hear, well, they've got one, two, and three-bedroom villas. Well, I, I can promise you, I mean, how many people are going to go over there uh, to close their door, uh, go into a bedroom to take a nap? You know, it's just an area to be seen, be seen, go enjoy. And they have different areas for different people willing to pay different amounts. And a $25 glass of champagne. Yes, which I'm sure that you felt uh, was sumptuous. Totally. We've been talking with Stuart Chiron from CruiseGuy.com. Follow him on Twitter at CruiseGuy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, my pleasure. Happy New Year. You too, buddy. See you later. So before I close it out here, I want to give a big shout out to my team and the people who make me look really good. Uh, Richard Sims, my staff writer, Orlando, Rosie, Justin helping out with video, Hendra, Heather doing the weekly cruise news briefs, Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, who is a walking encyclopedia and always providing analysis, and of course, Sherry Laskin with Cruise News. With this awesome group of people who just bust their ass, we've put out a 1,000 articles in 2019, 60 videos, 270 cruise radio news briefs, and 78 episodes of Cruise Radio and Cruise Radio Rewind. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and looking forward to 2020 and what that will bring. All right, let's get out of here. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, whatever you celebrate, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. 